Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Live Life Liberated with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. Today, Jonathan Freeman has a special guest and that is Lois Weinblatt. Jonathan, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Eric. Great to hear you. I'm doing great and great to be here. Yeah, great to be back with you. And you have Lois on the show today. Why'd you bring Lois on? Well, that's a, a great question. So uh, Lois is actually has been a consultant and, and coach for us. And having gone through her process, I thought it would be fantastic to share who she is, what she does, because it, it is truly unique. And many companies, I think, would highly value what she does and will help other people understand where we're headed and, and how we're going to get there. Fantastic. Well, Lois, thank you so much for being on the show. And I'm going to um, learn about you just like the audience is. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to diving into our conversation today. So Lois, I know uh, we're, you're here virtually, but you serve basically companies all over the world. Where do you find yourself today? I am here in the beautiful Norfolk, Virginia area. It has been amazing to be able to work with companies, like you said, all over the world. And I'm actually really excited because I'll be um, heading out on the road for the first time since COVID started at the end of the month. So it'll be good to get back out there. Virtual works incredibly well for this kind of work, but, but it'll be really neat to be back in person. Yeah. And obviously we're based in San Diego, you're in Virginia, but you were working virtually with us through our process, which was, was pretty unique, but obviously visioning visionary work, you think that's something that uh, Elon Musk only knows how to do. Obviously you help companies <laughs> yeah. try and figure it out on their own or with a lot of help. And, but how did, how, this is a pretty unique specialty. How did you get into visioning and, and what was it that drew you to this as, as something where you can really have an, a massive impact with uh, business leaders? It's so, it's so funny that you asked that because I hear, I hear the exact same thing all the time. Like, you're, you do you do visioning like I, was that a major in college? How did you get into that? So it's a really really good question, and I really started learning about the power of vision when I worked at an incredible organization in my hometown called Zingerman's, which started as a tiny tiny little corner deli and is now a multi million dollar food emporium with with mul multiple uh, food related businesses all in the same sort of area, and so after working with them in all these different ways in many of their different businesses, I just found that that concept of visioning resonated with me so, so deeply. And then when I was 25, I just asked myself that really scary question of what do I want my life to look like when I'm 30? And I, I knew that if I didn't clarify and articulate for myself, there was no way I was going to get there and life was just going to kind of happen to me. And while life would still be great if it happened to me. I didn't want it just to happen. I wanted to make it happen. I wanted to really get in there and create create the future that I wanted. And so I took this concept that I learned about at an organizational level and and sort of pointed it inward to do that work for myself. And then that really became the common thread. I ended up going on to work with many different other companies and literally quit every single other job I had because they had no vision. <laughs> and they couldn't tell me where they were headed. I just, I couldn't do it. And so after my last uh, position, which was, I was living over in Italy, I, I decided to move to Spain and I had my first client in Spain. And then I came back to the U.S. and decided to really get going. And it, then it just evolved really organically from there, working with organizations and individual leaders. And, and here we are. 
Yeah. And we were introduced through a business coaching group, which was very thankful that we got that introduction. But if, if you were to define who who's your typical client, if there is such a thing, what would you say to that question? So I would say there's two branches of it. One is the organizational, one is the individual. For the organizational, it really is organizations like yours, organizations that care deeply about this concept that in order to really get where we want to go, we need to take the time to step back from the day to day and articulate that. We need to bring people into this process and we and and organizations that care so much about engaging their employees and really creating an environment where their employees feel like they are on a journey. They're not just on the company's journey, they're on their own journey and the company is supporting them and doing that as everyone grows together. So companies that already get it in a sense, they already have a note have the notion they that this kind of work, even if they may not call it visioning per se, or they don't know, they, they haven't exactly gone through a process, they they really get that that is critical for them as they move forward. And then for, for individual leaders that I work with, really, I find that it's when either a CEO or an executive director is at a, a crossroads, sort of a tipping point in their life. And it's not just in their life, it's in their family's life. They're going into sort of a new chapter, new age, new stage. And they have much bigger decisions to make and they're starting to struggle with that decision making and really just want to gain clarity so they can let go of some of that decision fatigue and be able to really understand where it is they're headed and move forward with confidence on that. No, that's great. I didn't even realize you worked a lot with um, individual executives one-on-one. That's great. Yeah. So when we were introduced, one of the things that I had brought into Centura from my past was this idea of a painted picture. And I had read about it or heard heard of it in a book called Double Double and I had applied it in a couple of other prior experiences. So we had had a view of where we want to go and what it should look like through this exercise. But when we did it, or at least when I did it with uh, the team, it was a small group. It was done with not a lot of some, maybe a little bit of jest, uh, but it wasn't, I'll call something that everyone bought into. And so when, when you came to us and we shared our painted picture and you're like, well, that's, that's not, (laughs) that's not good enough. Um, we went through your process, which again, at the time, this was basically in the midst of, of the pandemic, everyone was virtual. We had done everything else in offsites. So you, you really took the tools that were in front of you, basically zoom and, and leverage those in ability to really get a buy-in and a process that that everyone could be a part of and and that was unique that was not something that we had done and so maybe talk a little bit about your standard visioning process maybe to for those that would want to consider it for for their organization absolutely i i love that you brought up a two a couple different points because they speak exactly to that like you said kind of that unique process one is the idea of really bringing everyone together And that is something that so I would say all the time, whenever I go into an organization who's interested in doing this, they they have done exactly like you said, Jonathan, they've they if they have something in place, whether it's actually written down, or it's more just in their heads, it's really been the top executives, or even maybe just the CEO and the CEO, or whatever, whatever that looks like, the two co founders, and they they've really gone through that process themselves and then cascaded it out throughout the organization, which makes sense that that's how a lot of things traditionally go. And so this process really turns that on its head. I always say we, we flip the triangle over. And so instead of starting at the top of that triangle, 
doing going through some process to gain clarity and then cascading it out we flip it we bring everyone uh, in the organization in at the beginning we really bring everything to the surface and then we go back into a smaller group of one two or three really put everything that we brought to the surface through a filter and then we really artic you know we, we finish articulating the vision from there and because of that everyone really feels like they are part of the process everyone gets to to feel like their voice is heard. And so often I hear from team members who go through the process that they're just, it means a ton to them that their leaders want them in that conversation. And as I, you know, I know Jonathan with you, we had some people who are really new. And I think for them, of course, it can be like drinking from a fire hose, being like dunked right into the, in that into the beginning of their, into the beginning of their employment. But at the same time, again, it means so much to them that they get this window, this very transparent, candid window in the organization. And that again, their, their voice is really valued as those freshest eyes on the organization and what that can bring. So that's one aspect of it is, is bringing everyone in the organization in upfront. And the other is, and, and just a, a quick note on that, because somebody listening to this might be thinking, well, that, that all sounds fine and well, but you, there's no way you could get all 300 of my people in a Zoom room together. So when I work with larger organizations, we start with a, a sort of a pre-visioning survey that goes out to everybody. And then we get a group of sort of the leadership team and a, and a layer or two out from that together for, the, for to, to go through the next step. The other piece that I think is is something that most organizations have never experienced before is when we say this word vision, we think immediately about our future. So typically we would think, okay, we're gonna vision, we're gonna sit down, we're gonna talk about our future. But in my mind, before we can even begin to think about where we're headed, we've really, really got to understand how we got there and connect the dots on the patterns that have led us to where we are. And then we've really gotta take stock of where we are now. One one leader that I worked with, he I love love the way he put it. He said, "We've got to gain a true lens on our current reality." And when we're in the weeds, we're doing the day to day. We just don't have the ability to step back and and get that perspective to kind of zoom out and really look at it in a different way. So once we really understand the current state, only then have we kind of peeled back enough layers to start really thinking about what those non negotiables are for the future, and to then really really start to flesh out that vision. And then once you have the vision in place, you can work backwards and, and really figure out how to get there. So while I have a, a very intensive process, as you know, you know, it, it's it's long sessions. Some people are surprised to find out that we don't actually get to putting your pen to paper to write that first draft of the vision until the very end of, of the the second session. It's we really, really have to go through a lot to again peel back those layers before we get there to do it in a way that's really effective. Yeah, I I just want to expound on that because a lot of leaders will say they'll get a couple of people into a room and they'll say, okay, we're going to articulate our, our mission statement and, and our, our vision and takes them a lot of time to, to wordsmith a, a, a couple sentences and they put it up on the wall. And then people really just don't resonate with what that is. But the way you, you know, take that lens and you go, how did we get here? Where are we really trying to get to in terms of a group? And what, what do we have to stop doing? That process really adds so much clarity as well as the path. Because many times people say, okay, the vision is grandiose. It's like we're going to try and get to Mars, whatever that vision might be. But they really don't see the path to get there. And where your process is so different is 
you really try and spend the time articulating the steps and what are the critical must do's to get and stay on that path towards the vision. So I, I thought that that piece of it was was pretty unique and, and obviously embraced the entire uh, organization in that process. Definitely. And, and that's what's so amazing when I got to work with your team. I mean, and the, and the other piece too that I think sometimes is different is people have, just like you said, that kind of thought process of, okay, we're going to go go into a stuffy boardroom and we're going to hash out one statement and wordsmith and, and essentially get a bit, bunch of business buzzwords and throw them together. And, you know, we had fun. We had fun in our sessions. You know, people were cracking up and, and even virtually you really get that kind of team bonding, which I find a lot of companies say, you know, we didn't actually realize that this was going to be a team building experience. We weren't expecting that, but it's a kind of a hidden element that I always know is going to happen coming through. And I think that's another thing that I would say about organizations that I work with. They're fun, you know, and they're doing incredible work. They're making huge impact there. They really are serious about what they do, but they really enjoy each other and coming together and, and have, they have the ability to kind of be candid, be transparent, be vulnerable with each other and enjoy the process. Yeah. So it, would you say, is there a company that doesn't fit well with your process or, or what you're trying to help them get through? I would say if, if a company is, the, the first thing is, I, I'll t- to give you a specific example, there was one organization that I was connected to through a referral and I was just talking to the the three top executives and I could just sense their hesitancy. They're, they didn't really buy into the concept that a vision would be that important in their mind. It's kind of like, okay, great, but we got a lot of work to do today. So it does this really make sense? And I always know if, if that's the case, then they're, they're not there. And it, it really isn't going to be the best fit because our work together is so intensive that we need to be able to jump into it with the, the full, full, absolute buy-in of the leaders. If, if that's not there, then, you know, the, what, what they model is going to flow out to the rest of the organization, whether they kind of mean it to or not. And so if they're not buying in, then no one else is really going to buy into it. So I think there's that if an organization just isn't there, if they're not feeling that urgency to really gain this clarity, then that probably wouldn't be an organization that that would make sense to that it would make sense for it to do this process. Or if an organization is is so, so mammoth that it takes them a really, really long time to to make decisions and and have the sort of flexibility and be able to stay nimble and get people together. Because again, with this process too, we got We keep it going. We have our sessions, we get together, we keep going, we keep going so that we don't spend a year just working on the vision. We get the vision ASAP in place so you guys can just focus on executing it. And so I think that might be another uh, piece is when there's something, when, when there's a company who, who is more slow moving just because of the nature of, of how they've grown and then it would turn into something that would be a month long process. And I think that kind of takes away from some of the, the momentum that it can create when you're able to do it quickly and get it out there and start moving on it. Yeah. One of the byproducts of, of your process, which I really uh, thought was great and certainly continue to use as a valuable tool is you actually produce a document that you hand back to the organization that helps really put in writing that vision in a, in a statement. And so for us, we use it, we share it with, with clients, we share it with potential um, recruits or employees, and it really helps convey who we are, where we're going and what, what we're looking for in terms of engaged employees and engaged uh, partners down the road. And so it, it really is, is a microphone of, of, of that 
journey. And so by using and having that document, which many companies, you see a vision statement maybe on their website, but to have right. something you can hand out, put in the lobby, it really helps convey and articulate who we are. And it, it becomes a great um, filtering tool for us as we try and find people that want to carry on with our journey. Absolutely. I love what you said about the filter, because that is exactly that is so critical. Once you have your vision, once you've, you've put all this time and energy and effort and resources into creating this vision, you want to be able to leverage it as much as possible. And I, I also really love what you said about the difference between kind of a, a, a vision statement, you know, that's in italics and has quote marks and is up on a wall somewhere to the vision like we worked on together, which is usually about three pages long. And it really covers sort of different facets of the organization and what the growth looks like in those facets, you know, just the overall growth of the organization, what does the culture look like a few years from now? And it's for a really specific date in the future. So it's not just someday, it's literally, we're going to get to this date of this year, we can read the vision out loud, it's the reality we've created around us. And so it, it's, it's really painting the picture to use what you talked about before, <clears throat> to, to show the evidence, this is if you read this document, you're going to see when we get to that date, this is going to be the evidence we will see around us that's going to show us we've gotten to where we wanted to go. And so, like you said, it evokes not just telling, but a feeling when somebody reads that as a recruit or they read that as a client, they can feel it. They can see it. They can they can feel like they're right there with you guys in that future moment. And the ones who feel like, yes, sign me up. I want to be on the journey there and I want to be there when we hit this date. Those are the ones that you really know. align with where you're headed. Exactly. And, exactly. And then the ones that read it and, you know, eh, then fantastic. They've filtered themselves out. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Now, you deal with a lot of business leaders uh, around the world. And uh, in today's environment, I'm sure you're hearing from your clients a lot of challenges of, of trying to navigate, deal with both success of many businesses are, are having great success at the present and others are still struggling. So what are you hearing from your clients in terms of challenges that they're seeing in trying to achieve their vision in today's environment? Definitely. There's there's for sure common themes that I'm seeing again and again right now. One of them I would say is alignment. And I was working with when I had my initial conversation with one leader who we're, we're working together right now with his team. I remember he said, we're all running at 3000 miles an hour in vaguely the same direction without any finish line in sight. And I'm guessing pretty much everyone listening to this can identify with that with that statement. And he he said, if we really want to do what we know we have the potential to do, we have to, everyone has to know exactly what destination we are talking about and exactly when we are going to get there. Because if not, again, everyone, of course, everyone in the organization wants the best for the company. Of course, they're vaguely moving in the same direction. But at the same time, they all don't have the same, truly, if you were to ask all of them, they, they maybe wouldn't even be able to articulate or they would articulate very different ideas of what that destination really looks like and when they're actually going to get there. And so he, he just said, this is a really critical inflection point for us. And if we don't gain clarity now, we're going to miss out on so many opportunities because we're going to be so fragmented. Yeah, we're going to be making moves and we're going to be doing it a lot, but it's not going to be all laser focused. All of our energy isn't going to be focused on moving towards the same exact vision. So that alignment piece I'm hearing, I think 
because hybrid workforce, people are, again, organizations and the team members are feeling this need to sort of check in with each other and make sure that we really are on the same page. It's so easy to feel disconnected in many ways. Certainly that can happen when you're offices are two feet away, but it can also happen when you do have this hybrid workforce. So I think the other piece is knowing if we have people, some in the office, some out of the office, different time zones coming in on different schedules, how do we make sure that we really are speaking the same language, that we really are talking about the same message and that that's not becoming a game of telephone where I say it and then somebody else kind of morphs it. And by the time it goes all the way around the organization, it's something completely different. So that need, that recognition of how critical alignment is, that's something that I'm hearing a lot, which I think obviously can can be difficult for the business owner dealing with it. But I think it's in a way it's really important that that has come more to the fore, that people are more aware of it. And I think part of it is just because of everything that's been going on in the world and recognizing we kind of all need to be in lockstep if we're really going to do what we need to do. Um, yeah, that's so true. I was, I was just in a uh, uh, monthly business networking group and uh, one of the largest law firms in San Diego was with one of the attorneys was saying, Hey, I've been, he, you know, relatively old school guy. They have, were used to working in the office five days, well, more than five days a week. And yeah. he had, he literally ran into a partner, uh, one of the other partners of the firm that he used to see every day. He hadn't seen him in over a year. And wow. when they ran across each other in the hall, it was like, Whoa, who are, <laughs> I remember yeah. you. And, and they've been operating in complete silos and complete different worlds. And now with, with all of these challenges with hybridization and bringing new people in that only want to work remote, it creates a, a real challenge for leaders to try and keep those people going on the same path, which is exactly what you're talking about. So definitely a challenge. And um, I don't know if you found any magic answers, but if you have, please share, because I'm sure everyone would yeah. like to know. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest things that I, I just had a session with an organization yesterday, and we're, we're kind of wrapping up the session and kind of going around and hearing everyone's biggest takeaways and realizations. And a lot of them said, you know what, I'm actually really relieved because on the big things, we were even more aligned than I realized. I actually thought we were more misaligned. And that was creating some tension. And that was creating some confusion and anxiety between departments and coming back and realizing, look, yes, we have to hash out the details. Yes, we have to make some really important, challenging decisions. And that's going to take work together. You know what, it this reminded me that we really are all we do all want the same thing. We really are all ultimately moving forward in the same way. And so I think it's, again, it's sort of one of those hidden elements of the process. The process itself helps create and build and strengthen alignment, but it also helps people just, just connect with each other in a way that they haven't. So many times, even on Zoom, I'll have people say, it's just been so great to hang out with you guys, just to be able to, to be with all of you. We never get to do this. We never, and again, it's two, four hour sessions, usually back to back. So when have they had the chance to do that either in person or remote um, ever maybe yeah and and just that ability to <laughs> exactly it's refreshing they get to hear you know they get to connect and they get to collaborate and we you know when I send them into breakout rooms they're oftentimes in breakout rooms with somebody that they never work with day to day and that so often is like you said it's refreshing it kind of puts a little wind back in your sails when you reconnect with the team in that way and so the the alignment piece is kind of that that undercurrent within the culture that then you can 
really lay on top of the foundation of around the alignment or about the vision itself specifically. Yeah, that's great. Any other challenges that you're seeing on a routine basis? I think the other one is the great resignation, of course. There, again, just in a session earlier this week, I had uh, a woman who, you know, she kind of said, look, I'm a millennial. And yes, I don't want to, you know, pigeonhole myself as a millennial. But I will say me and my colleagues who are the same age, we are eager to learn. We want to dive in, but we got to know where this ship is headed. And what I find is that when people don't feel like they have a strong captain who knows where the ship is headed, when they're going to get to their destination and what the heck that destination is going to look like when we arrive, it is way easier for them to jump ship because they don't feel connected to it. They don't, they don't have any idea. They just like they're kind of floating in the ocean doing the same thing day after day. So that, that is a really critical piece and the visioning process really allows us to set the stage to, and have the conversation that if you're going to be a part of this team, we want to make sure that where we're headed, our vision is a vehicle for you to achieve your own vision. And if it's not, or you realize it's not, then that's okay. Let's talk about that. And let's coach you into another position or coach you into another organization that might be a better fit. But I think nowadays, the workforce has a much higher expectation of, hey, I, I want to grow, I want to develop and I want a company who is going to not just say, sure, it'll be great when you continue to grow and, and kind of pay lip service to that, but, but really be engaged in that process is huge. And so when somebody is deciding whether they're going to stay with a company and, and or not, somebody that can look at that vision for that specific point in the future and say, God, it, this is really tough right now, but you know what? Two and a half years from now, this is where we're going to be. And that still just resonates with me so much that inspires me okay, I can see the path. Like I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to get there together. But if somebody's struggling and they're feeling disconnected from their employees and disconnected, they don't know where the company's going. They don't feel like the company's invested in what they want or where they're headed. It's really, it's so much easier for them just to start having those conversations and starting to look other places. And, and they just don't have that pull back to where this whole thing is headed. So yeah, I that, think that's that another piece. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's another piece that that's really critical. Awesome. Well, Lois, I really enjoyed speaking again with you and learning more or sharing with others about your process. And so if this resonates with anyone that's listening and they want to get in contact with you and maybe learn a little bit more about your process, how would they get, how would they do that? So I find LinkedIn is, is such a great way to connect. So my last name is a little hard to spell, but Lois Weinblatt um, on LinkedIn, that, that's usually the best way to reach out and connect. That's actually, I got connected with somebody a few weeks ago and that, that led to the, the session that I, I had just earlier this week. So, you know, again, everyone has so many, so much in their inbox, so many things going on and still LinkedIn kind of feels like that easy way to bridge that gap and just get in touch with somebody quickly and be able to, to start a casual conversation. So that, that's it. I would love to connect with folks on LinkedIn and go from there. Awesome. Well, uh, Eric, I'll hand it over to you to help us uh, wind out this uh, episode. Absolutely. Lois, thank you so much for being on the show. What a great amount of insights that you had. Jonathan, thank you so much for bringing her on the show. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when they come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. 
This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Centura Wealth Advisory, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Centura Wealth Advisory, Centura, is an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC-registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results.